What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast, episode 119. Uh, and today uh, I'm bringing on retired Fleet Master Chief Paul Kingsbury for another uh, another leadership discussion. He uh, he wanted to discuss empathy. Ran across an article in Forbes magazine talking about empathy being the uh, most important leadership like tool uh, or concept. Uh, and we kind of wanted to go down that rabbit hole and tease apart the the different aspects of empathy, how it works. Um, is it is it the most important thing or and, and how does that look in a, in a leadership uh, application? Uh, and then we kind of went the inverse route of like indifference and, and some of those like like the probably like a more of a civilian interpretation of uh, military leadership being more like callous and detached and, you know, just suck it up and do the job kind of concept. And so we explored all those things, had a really, really great discussion. I love talking to Paul. He uh, a real quick, if you can and you're willing to support us. Uh, in whatever way you can, we always really appreciate it. With the best ways to do that, go to patreon.com slash podcast, pick a tier that's right for you and support us if you can. We would really appreciate you. Lots of really cool benefits there. Go check them out. Also, don't give up the ship apparel. It's dgutsapparel.com. Get yourself some naval pride and heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool shower shoes, little like uh, drawstring bags, all kinds of cool stuff, a bunch of really cool custom stickers, and then the challenge coins and and Don't Give Up the Ship podcast apparel is there as well. So please, if you can and you're willing to support us, go to those two places uh, and find whatever way works best for you. It's dgutsapparel.com and patreon.com slash podcast. Thank you. He pushes me intellectually, and it's always it's always a fun discussion because he's just as passionate about this stuff as me. Um, and so you'll see this not just here, but on on his Cutlass podcast platform. So I encourage you to go check it out, uh, the Cutlass podcast. I'll have the link in the in the show notes as well, uh, so you can go check it out there. Uh, he he'll probably edit it uh, a little more heavily than me. I'm just you know me. I just shotgun blast everything out there. Um, but yeah, so you'll see it there. You'll see it on YouTube. You'll see it all the places. But always fun talking to Paul. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Check it out. And there we go. Everybody knows who you are. Uh, now happily retired fleet master chief Paul Kingsbury. So, uh, yeah. Welcome it's, back to the podcast universe, sir. I know it's good to see you. Will, and it's good to see you like virtually, oh, um, yeah. you know, the, the anonymity or it's whatever little, that word is. is yeah. Gone oh now. yeah. This is the first time. Yeah. Since I've unmasked myself. That, uh, yeah. So how many times did I come out and I said your name on podcast or whatever? And you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, I, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like, I still tell people to not use my name, but people slip. Like I, I, I did one with Toby Ruiz, uh, and, uh, the dude that, um, Steve something, I forget, uh, like my brain is not even fully powered on yet because of this disrespectful hour, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's early here on the West coast. Um, yes. Especially for a retiree. Yeah. For a retired master chief with a homeless beard. Yes. Um, yeah, they they I did one with them on in like ELD stuff yesterday, which was super cool. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to bring, try to get Toby up. As yeah, well trying to bring and, awareness um, to that program, because like what's wild is they have the capacity and everything's in place and they don't have the enrollment, which is bizarre. Yeah. And I think but I know I think ju that just like they their analysis was like people just don't know at like one about like a lot of the junior people don't even know that the courses are real. But then two, yeah. it's like 
they said and this is kind of a gross fact is like the enrollment for chiefs and first classes is high and then it drops off precipitously and it's like oh so the people that are concerned with promotions are going to the classes but the people yeah. who you know like we're charged with caring for aren't oh that's great yeah um because that's what they firmly place it at the feet of leadership uh as far as like yeah. not having the enrollment and everything but um but yeah, that was like he's th those guys like Toby slept with my name a few times and I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. But at this point, like you could Facebook stock me and figure it out pretty quick. So it's whatever. Yeah. No, it's great to see you and uh, catch up. And uh, thanks again. So I was I wasn't on the lamb per se, but, <laughs> you know, I was I was heavily dialing up when I was working at the Naval Institute. I had a lot of bandwidth. And then, yeah, um, I, I found this new position with Blue Cross Blue Shield as their director of uniform service relations. So. Um, you're talking now outside of the naval services, yeah. into, you know, traveling, you know, uh, countrywide at big events mm -hmm. to raise awareness of federal dental division. But it was consuming. But yeah, there was, you know, like I talked to one of my episodes, you know, those villains, the kind of villains creep in <laughs> like, oh, you don't yeah. have time or, yeah, you know, yeah. man, I started making excuses, <clears throat> um, but it's good. I'm ready to be back. Um, and I'm inspired by you and the stuff I see you got, you know, you doing uh, and other people. So uh, I've got the bandwidth. We're done with the excuse making. Hell yeah. So it's time to get rolling. <laughs> you know, and I read this, this, this article um, a while ago, right? This kind of, mm -hmm. uh, and as I was thinking, you do this too. You think through podcasts and you're like, hey, yeah. you know, what's a new approach or whatever. Instead of just creating, I, I had been linking content to the CPO guide and now with yeah. the Petty Officer's Guide, but this nested in, but this ended up being an article um, I thought from time to time, like, you know, when there's leader failures, Hey, maybe we should do an episode on that and kind of, mm -hmm. let's kind of do a, you know, critique, you know, that's my <laughs> new background, you know what I mean? Kind of thing and go, Hey, what can we learn from that failure instead of just post that dude or gal on the Navy times and drag them through the mud? Like there's learning yeah. that comes from that. So, um, but I came across this article in Forbes magazine, um, empathy is the most, the most important leadership skill and it get, really got yeah. me thinking. So um you're a guy I definitely thought this would be a cool conversation because i think it supports a lot of the con or a lot of the content that you've been generating yeah you know um yeah so and then you hear like i hear steve jobs i hear simon sinek i hear Brene brown i hear tony robbins right mm -hmm. they all are talking about this empathetic leadership style um and in my mind, I'm like, uh, does it jive with the kind of military? So let's kind of have that discussion. Yeah, so. I, I hate the leadership style like concept, but we can get into that. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, the whole like this. Oh, this is my leadership style. And it's like, it's yeah. not it's a tool, man. Come on. Yep. <laughs> like I hate that. And it's situational leadership, right? You can't you got to be able to adjust. Right. But like I've, yeah. I know I've talked about like, hey. And, and, you know, I teed up a talking point about, you know, there's going to be times when you're emotionally charged and things are happening. I don't have time to sit and pause and kind of right, consider right. feelings. Right. But how do you handle that? So, yeah. um, so I'm going to throw back with you, like, kind of, like I said, so this concept of empathy, um, I know in mine, I'm always like, let's words matter. So let's define yeah. them. Right. So people think they know what it is, but right. it's defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. So, okay. Got mm -hmm. it. Um, and I think that's important, but again, is it number one skill? What does it mean? Um, is it inherent? Can it be learned? Yeah. Um, 
Should you dismiss it if you're a military leader? So over to you, like what's your take on empathy as the most important skill and your thoughts on it? I don't think, um, I like, I think they're getting close to something important when they're saying it's the most important skill, but they're not articulating it in the way that I think would be more accurate in that, like, and I don't know that I've gone down the road of, of, uh, like teasing this apart in that way either even though i feel like um like i feel that way about it where it's like i don't think it's empathy is the most important skill i think it's it's like everything you do needs to be framed as like a uh like a productive human relationship or like a positive human relationship like what does that mean well, you know, like all of the soft skill type stuff that people get confused by or don't want to talk about. It's like they I think one of the biggest problems that we have as leaders in the military is that they try to kind of avoid that. And I think it's it's not like an active avoidance. It's more like an ignorant avoidance where like we've we never take the time to teach people how to how to be uh like emotionally intelligent leaders and so like when they're confronted especially within a military culture because we foster this uh idea of being like detached indifferent leaders right towards these uh like bots that we're going to send out to do this thing and and yeah like the rigid uh rigidness sometimes of like military discipline is an excuse to not be emotionally intelligent and it's an excuse yeah. to not take care of our people because yeah. oh you're just in the military like you get, shut up and call her you know yeah um but i think it's it's i i think it's it's emotional intelligence in its entirety that is our biggest problem and it's it's like a empathy is a large component of that um but it's really just building in like a, uh, inherent care for your people. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's like making it okay for me to care about them. Like, and not, not like care about their success or their, like whether or not they're promoted or qualified or whatever. It's like, that's a, a small component of it, but like legitimately caring about them as human beings would, yeah, I like it would combat a lot of the, um, the issues we have with uh, like acute mental health issues and, and suicidal ideations and attempts and military sexual trauma. It's like, those are all like psychological issues. Those are like psychology based uh, problems that we need to address. And it's like, if we never equip our leaders with the skills to do that, uh, we end up kind of like where we are now, where it's like you a lot. And, and I mean, it's a way bigger problem within the military to me. Um, like, I think this is where you start for sure. And so I think that's what they're getting at with it being the most important part. But yeah, there's a lot more to like we have a, a leadership competence problem that goes far beyond emotional intelligence. And that's why I think emotional intelligence is such an elusive concept to a lot of people. Um, that don't already have it built in f- by other means is that like we have issues like people like leadership confidence is such an issue. Like we can't even like, like efficiently communicate. We can't efficiently plan and execute. We can't like, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like we have problems with that are more like the fundamental building blocks of leadership. And so emotional intelligence is like, we're talking about 
this is like graduate level stuff like this emo yeah. emotional intelligence is very nuanced and complicated so it's like i do think it's the most important thing as far as like a concept like a it's almost like a construct within to build all of the other leadership tools but at the same time it's like I don't know. It's a tough thing to like, it's a tough thing to, to, to teach. I think you can teach yeah. it. I think people like Brene Brown are excellent resources um, because they tackle things that pe that people without the education are going to actively avoid. Like she's a shame researcher is what she calls herself. Uh, and it's like, nobody wants not anything to do with shame. You know what I mean? But right. like, yeah. but a, a, a strong leader is going to explore that topic and study their own shame and, and like try to apply some of those tools and deal with it productively. And, and that way, like when you're made aware of a concept like shame and like people's res shame responses to certain like experiences or uh, situations, it's like, then you're equipped to deal with that because it's, that's yeah. a very, very powerful emotion in a person. And if you have a sailor that's super ashamed of themselves, which happens a lot, because they're letting you down as a leader or they're letting the mission yeah. down or the organization down or whatever. Um, it's like, you need to know, you need to be able to recognize that you need to be able to help them navigate that. And it's like, we're so far away from the emotional intelligence required to navigate these really like complicated uh, leadership situations with our people that it's like, I, yeah, I mean, it's the most important thing, but it's like we're seven layers removed. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like organizationally, we're so far removed from achieving that. Like that's like leadership self-actualization. It's at the top of the pyramid. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's like I think it's yeah. incredibly important and that's why it's at the top. But it's also like we're a ways away from that, I, I, yeah. I believe. I think there's I don't know. I just think it's like if I'm a, you know, put it into layman's terms, you know, if I'm a carpenter, mm -hmm. You know, I can't, I think it's situational, right? So I don't say my hammer's more important than my saw, right? I don't have the most important tool, right? Because I need them all. So to me, yeah. when I read it, I'm like, no, nah, empathy is is one of the attributes in the leader. This is, I think, in you know, me and power bases, this is definitely power, mm. pay, power, personal power-based development. But, you know, when I look at empathy, emotional intelligence is a piece of that, right? Authenticity is a piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um being flex, the willingness to be flexible and adjust based on the feedback you get, you know, you got yeah. listening skills in here. So I think it's one of many things. Um, and I also think, I think genetically people or base, maybe it's not genetically, maybe not right out, you know, pop out in the operating room. It's like, Hey, I, I, yeah. I have empathy. Um, I think you're shaped over your childhood, your experiences yeah. growing up shape this kind of willingness or understanding of empathy. Um, but I know people are shaped, you know, definitely in the military, you can be focused on process, you can be focused on results, or you can be focused on people, right? And you see it come out, like you can see the people that are results focused and they kind of, it doesn't mean they don't have empathy, but their focus tends to be more towards the result at the expense of stopping yeah. to consider, okay, what's the impact on people? So, um, I think there's a lot that goes on there, but that was my kind of take. It's, I don't know if it's the most, right. I would, I can yeah. almost say no communication skills are more important. You know what I mean? Um, you can be empathetic, but if you can't communicate, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Your empathy right. is not going to do anything for you. Yeah. You're for sure going to be uh, handicapped if you don't have the other tools as well. Um, and I've seen leaders that kind of, 
lead with their heart on their sleeve and nothing else yeah. and it doesn't work very well but like the the people for for at least a, for a period of time the people that uh they're in charge of um like they they like oh this person cares about us and that that uh, yeah. resonates with them but then it's like you start to see that they're fumbling the ball constantly because that other stuff's important too like my leave chit's important too like my yeah. getting my eval out on time is important too so it's like you can't yeah. lose sight of the nuts and bolts and the management of people and the logistics of everything and yeah so it's it, it's definitely I mean, I, I just think it's one of those things that you have to build into it all um, because yeah. when you get when you get like um, lopsided towards one of those other things as well, it, it everything's out of whack. And so it's like yeah. it's it, you when you are hyper focused on productivity, it's like it, you start to treat people like consumables. And that's where the emotional intelligence counterweight comes in. And it's like, but the, I guess the way I look at it is like, it's like one of those things that should be, um, everything should be filtered through it for that reason. It's like, and that's why it's so important, I guess, is like, you could have all the other things. And if you were stripped of emotional intelligence, I don't think any of those other things really matter. Yeah. I think you're going to be viewed as a toxic leader. So it's like, yeah. but having all those other things and emotional intelligence, if you're screening everything through emotional intelligence, um, the people are going to be really well taken care of. And that is like, to me, that's the most important thing is that they're taken care of so that they can go do the thing that we need them to do. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I, I would say it's a lot more important in the military because of the, the stakes, you know, like the yeah. consequences of not getting the mission done. It's like, that doesn't mean our, like our uh, profit margin goes down, you know, that means people right. die. And so it's like, yeah. I th it's, yeah. yeah, go ahead. And I think part of the mindset too is like, you know, and we talked about this briefly before we started recording, but mm. you know, this tendency, especially lately, you know, kind of develop toughness and kind of prepare mm. for yeah. the high end fight and kind of, yeah. I got it, but that's the exception, not the norm, right? So managing the day to day stresses and things like that, um, and, and frankly, people just want to be heard, I think, right? So that's a piece of this. So at some point, and I would say early on as a young leader or just a human, I don't think this is necessarily, this is just good people skills. The ability to kind of, when you hear someone, um, to kind of be able to understand it. In some cases, you can't yeah. do that, right? You might not have the experience set to do it, but definitely when you're a senior leader in the military, and you know that in the cheese mess, there's an expectation mm -hmm. that one of your roles, I think, is you represent what your people are going through, right? So if you're not yeah. willing to, yeah, and, and by the way, it changes, Should right? Be. So what you went through, they're not all you, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and there isn't one mindset of like, hey, being in the Navy, you know, here's your, you know, it's not a bi-stable approach. It's not either, mm. it's not black and white. Your experience is not black and white, right? Going to sea is different right. for everyone. Dealing with the stresses that come with it different. Um, managing your career is different for everyone. So, yeah. Um, it's just interesting. So, um, I think it's let's, tall, let's talk it's a, about, go, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna no, say, I think it's a go. tall ask for like that. The, uh, <laughs> they're putting the cart before the horse a little bit with like the, the, uh, fighting hurt and be being tough and preparing for the high end fight and all that kind yeah. of those ideas of like toughness and resilience. It's like, they're not, 
they're they're asking that of you right they're saying like hey we want you to be resilient in the face of the mind-bending stress that comes along with the mission that we require but it's like i think that they lose sight of the fact that um these people are coming in with the understanding that it's going to be really hard like they're not I, i don't think any of these kids for whatever stupid like generational labels you want to put on them and use as an excuse for them not getting it or whatever. It's like these kids are really, really intelligent and they're coming in the military fully understanding that they're going to be doing something very hard. So when you're demanding like the mission requirements and the, the hard working hours and the going to see and all that kind of stuff, like they understand that that's part of the deal, right? They're going to complain and they're going to, do the things that people do to cope with with difficult uh tasks but they understand the assignment right but then when we layer on top of that leadership and competence that it's it's like this modifier that compounds the casualty in a way that's unacceptable to these people because it's not that's not what they signed up for they signed up for uh, trusting their leaders to take care of them and do the right thing by them and, and help them get what they need uh, to continue being tough and resilient in this fight. And it's not happening. And so there's yeah. this sense of like betrayed trust that I think is w- the type of thing you see like festering, like in, in the, the gulf that's developed between like yeah. junior personnel and, and leadership. Yep. And you read it in the Reddit and you're well familiar with that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move towards like, all right, so let's talk about, hey, why you should care right? as a leader. If you're in that mm-hmm. mindset like uh, empathy, you know, oh, that's friggin. And, and by the way, this is just isn't military problem, right? Because yeah. Simon Sinek is talking, right? This is there's an attitude in some cases in the civilian side, too, with bosses. I think mm-hmm. that's a part of it. People reconciling with this need to be the boss and yeah. you know directive and get things done and the need to, and we'll talk about that, and the need to listen and understand. Um, so where do you see the benefits to kind of developing empathetic influence style um, or this emotional intelligence and just being able to stop for a minute, get out of your, you know, get out of the relationship of things from your perspective only mm-hmm. and to kind of work the other person's perspective into the decision-making. Why? <laughs> Weirdly, so like the way I approached leadership over time and it took me a minute to figure it out and and I'm still in this like analysis of was it the most productive way to do it because of the effect it had on me. But um, I think I went really far the, the other direction, like the, the direction that people are like towards the empathetic leadership style of like I was like, well, what do my people need? Like, that's all that matters is like taking care of their needs, figuring out where they're at. And and so like it, I got really into like psychology and human relationships and uh, meeting their needs. I'm a Maslow's hierarchy of needs guy. Like I talk about it constantly. And so it was and, and the biggest reason I, I swung that far that direction is because I saw it working. I was I was yeah. struggling with like getting my sailors to do the thing and respond to my leadership. And when I found that button, uh, it worked like really well when I when I met their needs 
uh, and took care of them and communicated authentically that like I really genuinely cared about them, even when I was being a pain in the butt and like uh, and pushing them. um, I went way out of my way to make sure they always knew uh, that I cared about them and I was always going to be there for them. And, and so like, I'm the, yeah. And, and there's a certain expectation I think that chiefs do these sorts of things, but I, I also think it's, it feels, I don't have data. Like it feels like that it has started to bleed off where like, um, like I'm showing up to their court dates and like, I, I went over to a kid's house when he was having a domestic issue and like, yeah, I was, it was like a parent figure. Um, and that's kind of the way I approached it. And like, I did it that way. Cause it felt like it was my responsibility. Now on the other end of that, um, it's very demanding. Like it, it's a very, uh, when you, when I, you're kind of polarized towards that end of the spectrum, it's like, it took a lot out of me to do that for that many people. Yep. Um, it still does like through the podcast in certain ways. But yeah. Very, yeah. the volumes turned down, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it, um, it took big pieces out of me to, to do it that way. So like, I don't know that the way that I did it was, was balanced or whatever, like, but, yeah. um, but I do think it's I, like a certain, a certain amount of that is like, it's absolutely necessary. It's like fundamental. Yeah. Um, back okay. to kind of what we've already discussed is like, yeah, you, you, yeah. you, you can't do leadership effectively without a component of this. Now I had the volume maxed out. Does that mean you need to No, but it's, right. you can't not be doing it either. Like it, yep. you're gonna, your people aren't going to trust you. They're not going to follow you. They're not. Cause they think you, they, they're going to think the opposite. Like I was very, very yep. hyper concerned with them knowing that I cared about them genuinely, you're going to be at the polar opposite of the spectrum of they're going to think you don't care about them based yeah. on demonstrated yeah. behavior. Absolutely. Um, so they cite, you know, I read several articles on this and kind of just my own, but like increased motivation, you get buy-in, right? Because when you start to connect mm. with people in that way, they and they know you care yeah. genuinely, right? They're like, all right, this person's bought into me. I'm going to, right. that's that whole... I'll go into combat with this person, right? I'll die yeah, on the hill. Yeah, they're doing it thing. for you. They're not yes. even doing it for the mission yeah. anymore. Yeah. Oh, and then I think you mitigate burnout and stress, or you should help. Yeah, it should help your ability to, to do that, right? Because yeah. back to that, we'll talk more. This kind of balance of push and pull—that's a huge mm. piece of this, right? When to drive and when to kind of come off and take. You know, yeah, it's yeah. that situational leadership, right? Hey, mm-hmm. am I directing? Am I coaching? Am I supporting? Kind of thing, and then yeah. I think ultimately the team sees that. Um, I think it just increases team effectiveness too. So, did you see those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm a very um, like the reason I I scoff at leadership styles is because you can't just use one like you were saying earlier right. the tools for like right tool for the job so I'm a very uh individual like motivator type guy like I'm gonna analyze the person the individual f- and figure out what motivates them individually because everybody's different and then I'm gonna leverage those things to push them towards doing the thing that I need them to do right I need you to accomplish these tasks and there's certain ways that I'm going to interact with sailor a that I'm not going to do with sailor B because it doesn't work. Um, yeah. So definitely different approaches, but always through that lens of, of emotional intelligence. 
of like I, I never wanted them to think that I didn't care, though there were times where um like you mentioned earlier, I was pushing that button of like a th- authoritative influence like or yeah. the authoritative power like I need my legitimate yeah. power tool right now to tell you to yeah. go do this thing right now with no explanation with no nothing but the reason why they're willing to do that and it doesn't harm my uh my like credibility and trust with them is that I've built up over time a rapport and a trust with them that I yeah. have their best sisters at heart that I care about them that I'm not going to put them in a, a situation that's going to harm them in any way or that um, like one of the probably default uh, assumptions by junior sailors sometimes when they're given that type of direction is that like, oh, chief just doesn't care about me and wants me to like it, basically like that you're not filtering it through that lens. And yeah. I'm a bit that chief's a big idiot because uh, this isn't the most efficient way of doing this thing or this doesn't make any sense or that the fact that we're even doing this today is stupid for at whatever reason. And it's yeah. like when you build up that trust and and uh, credibility with your people, it's like they're not thinking that like because I've yeah. demonstrated to them over time that I am thinking about those things. And so they give you the benefit of the doubt. And it's like, oh, chief knows something I don't know. And and that's yeah. usually true. And the reason the way that I would reinforce that and and validate their feelings on a consistent basis so that next time they would trust me too is when I give them that type of direction, I then loop back around when I have time and I'm like, yep. hey, sorry, sorry to do that to you, but this is what was going on and this is why I need you to go do that thing right now and couldn't explain it to you. Yeah. So that it, again, so that's, just to validate the feeling that they had yeah, that like, yep, absolutely thinking about me and how this affects me. Yeah, because to your point, right, there's going to be times when I have to be directive, right? There's a short notice thing, there's an emergency, right? But again, there is a time to come back again. And, and, you know, that's that empathetic connection. Hey, I got it. I'm I'm sure you're frustrated and pissed off. Here's what Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, kind of thing. But I think part of this too, we're talking this from leadership. This is a followership skill too, right? So you're, Mm -hmm. they need to understand and start to learn, like, if I'm going to, understand your feelings and I have experience and and can consider those flip it. Right. You need to understand Mm -hmm. to your point, like, Hey, why is chief acting this way? Right. So he he or she might be getting pressure. You know what I mean? So I think when you start to teach, you know, from a followership perspective, this kind of, you know, do you understand my perspective too? Let me teach you because in the future you're going to be in this position, right. Kind of thing. I, I think it's, it's like I, I think it's important to teach um, juniors so that they understand what's like the interaction that's happening. But also, like, even if you haven't like because like, let's be honest, like that's I mean, they, with the and like ELD courses, like I'm, I'm sure they uh, it comes up in discussion a little bit. But for junior people, it's like it's that the old the old adage of like they don't remember what you said but they remember how you made them feel and it's like yeah they're interpreting those things it like in absence of the tools for just cognitive understanding right or being taught these things it's like they're just gonna go based on how it makes them feel and it's like there's a good and bad component to that like the the bad being i i wish they understood it it would make it a lot simpler and and it you know, it's like building the foundation for them to be my relief in the future. Uh, but it's very yeah. much a leadership skill anyway. 
but like it's good in that like it's it's simple and you it's not something you you don't need to teach them how to how to like uh perceive that you care about them and that's what's so interesting yep. about it is it's like it's emotive in a way that like i'm not I, I don't really need to explain it if i like if i'm taking care of them and this is what's cool about like i hear people talk about like transformational leaders and all this like like what their ideal yeah. leader would be or whatever and it's like what's super interesting about it is like um like you and i are very different personalities right but i know that you were an effective leader I, like i can tell and and that you care you care about your people too you're not going to express it the same way that i probably do but like it's right. going to get across to your people no matter what because there's this thing that happens like it's just the human yeah. experience where it's like these people just understand how their leadership makes them feel. So you get to see like these wildly varying flavors of leaders that have different personalities and characteristics. And so they apply, they look very different, but they're applying the same tools and yeah. making the, the people feel the same way. And it's like, it's not really a thing. Like it certainly helps if they understand it like intellectually, but like, they're just going to go based on how it makes them feel. And that like understanding yep. that it, like is really important because you can start to leverage that as a way to motivate your people to do the thing. And it's like, yeah. it's, I don't think that while I do think there's a lot of value to them understanding it and being taught it like academically, I don't think it's necessary to accomplish yeah. the same thing because you know, like you're just, you're just treating a human being like product, yeah. like well in a human relationship at its, at its simplest level, you know, and it's like, they're going to respond accordingly. Okay. Um, so I'll, I would say like, it's learned over time, this emotional, you know, intelligence and things like that. So yeah. I, for whatever reason, I was always, I remember even as a young kid, like very, I had friends and all that got it, but I was always very process and results motivated, right? Like kind of, yeah. Want to get a job and do that. Right. So, um, yeah. and, and to me often, you know, I was, I, you know, it took me a while to start to think and cue in on the impact on the people and consider those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to talk about what it kind of looks like and sounds like. Right. So I think that's a piece of it. Like if I'm a leader and I think empathy is being weak or whatever, you know what I mean? Or yeah, whatever the perspective is. So, um, so walk me how, you know, walk me how you think through, Give, or give an example, like what would empathetic leadership sound like um, individually or with the team? Um, I mean, it's for me, it's behavioral. It's it's uh, I, I've always talked about uh, leadership by example being the most powerful uh, like leadership tool I've ever seen in real life where like I, I say a lot of things on this podcast and um, it see, it seems based on the response and communications with listeners that uh, it's making an impact. It's helping a lot of people, but the way that it helps is they're applying it in real life. Right. So they're doing it and their people are responding to it. And so like the, the me saying it is great. Like you, I can say all the right things and, and, uh, 
present as a strong leader and i've met people like this where it's like that on the surface people think that they're they're great leaders because they're charismatic and they're articulate and they're uh squared away looking and stuff like that but then in practical application some of the guys that that you would judge on the surface as not that are the vastly more effective leaders and it's for me it boils down to to being able to behave in a way that communicates authentic like i authentically care about you um right and it's it's a lot of things the um at risk of going on a a huge monologue and and talking in circles (laughs) i'm just going to give like a specific example so the the one of the ways that i would do it is uh and i've talked about on the podcast before is drink runs right it sounds stupid but uh we would get into these situations where um like on a on a two crew ballistic missile submarine they would inevitably try to cram the food load into like a day and a half which is absurd it's like the only way you're going to get that done efficiently uh, like if you're doing it right is uh like you're going to be working like 18 hour days it it was always insane i was showing up early doing all the normal chief things the meetings the the um normal daily routine stuff supervising all the meals and all the other things and then we would start loading food uh later on um and i'd be at work until one in the morning and the somewhere in there people you can feel it in the air like it gets starts to get to this like point where the stress is like boiling over like people are having a hard time uh staying engaged they're getting frustrated and just beat down right um and everybody's tired too including me um because usually i would bring my guys in later but they're still working rough like 12 hour days uh so i when i started to feel that coming on um either me or my supply officer because we weren't always in the thick of it because i'm supervising and my supply officers doing department head things on the submarine still and then coming in and checking on us and she was great she always wanted to help and um so she either her or i would go uh hey we'll be right back and we jump in our cars go up to upper base and go to the mini mart and just fill a bag with everybody's favorite energy drink or whatever yeah. right um or like sometimes she would run to like mcdonald's and just come back with a sack of burgers and fries and uh out of her pocket or my pocket right like they're not paying for the stuff they didn't ask for it right but it's like i it's like I'm there with them. I got I'm de-bloused. I'm carrying boxes. I'm doing all I'm doing the thing right there with them. But all and that's that's a that's a component of it. I'm not in the chief's quarters like sitting with my feet right. up. And, yes. Um, but also I, and I am I am in a supervisory role. Like I'm not like strictly a worker bee in this scenario. But if that's the most effective thing I can do, then I'm moving boxes. Um, But I got to run around and make sure the thing is still happening the way it's supposed to. But then the drink run thing, it's like, come just like coming back with like it, it diffuses so much tension. You feel the energy in the room change when you're handing out the, because they're just like, oh, thank God. You know what I mean? Like just a moment of respite in this hell hellscape that is a food load uh, in that type of scenario. And so it's just like, it, it's a huge deal to them. And but and if you think about it, it's like it's a very insignificant gesture on on its surface. Like, I mean, I went and spent 20 bucks on some like who cares? Like, that's yeah. not a big deal. But 
to them, it's the gesture is a huge deal. The communication that I care about them, that I'm right here with them. It's like a reminder in that moment that like, we're all in this together. Uh, I love you all and we're going to get through this. I know it sucks, but just keep pushing, you know? And it's like, yeah, that kind of stuff goes a really, really, really long way. Um, and there's plenty of opportunity to do things like that. Um, just little moments. Like I used to, uh, cut guys out a little early when we're in port and there's nothing going on because I know those days are going to come where we're doing those food loads. Like if there's nothing going on in the middle of a, of a refit period or whatever, where we're just in port and all I got the, like the most important thing I got to get done today is lunch. You know, then it's like after yeah. lunch, it's like, Hey, don't you have a dental appointment? Wink, you know, like get out of here, yep. you know, and I'll send a guy early, home early. Like I'll send somebody out of there at like 1300. Um, and so just things like that, like, like, reading the landscape and understanding that like nobody needs to be here until 1700 except for me like i'm the chief i'm wearing the khaki belt i'm the one getting paid more so like i'll be here for the meetings and i'll be here for all the other stuff but my whole division being here like it doesn't like because after lunch cleanups done they're standing around staring at each other largely unless we have something going on and that's different and I brief that in the morning and I make sure that I have the people there that I need. But if I don't need everybody, it's like, okay, you can leave and you can leave. You had duty yesterday. Get out of here. That kind of thing. It's just like not losing sight of those, those types of things. And it, if it pervades everything you do, if you, if you get to the point where all of your action is filtered through that emotional intelligence lens, it's like, those types of things kind of handle themselves. And so it's like, for me, it's very behavioral based. Like it needs to be woven into all of your behaviors. And there are times where the decision-making matrix is going to marginalize that a little bit where it's like, yes, I considered it, but I understood that in order to do this thing that's required, I'm going to have to kind of push the, the concerns about you aside and like spend a little bit of that capital that I've accrued. Right. But then, yeah, there's other times that it's like, that's going to be the primary thing, you know, and, and yeah. I'm going to get you out of here as soon as possible and, and whatever. So, yeah, I think it's founded in your own experience too. Right. So if to your sure. point about yeah. working party, right. If you've never been involved in a working party and now you're in charge of one, right. You're not going to understand yeah. the frustration, um, the mental and physical energy that goes into that. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't be an empathetic leader, right. That's when right. you got to really pause and go, okay, let me just take time and kind of, this is a big evolution, whatever it is, or this is a big planning event. Um, I've never done it. Um, maybe there's something similar I've been through, right? Yeah. Like that could be like this, or you engage your team, you know, and like, all right, how are you guys thinking through this? Um, yep. What do I need to be thinking about? You know what I mean? Just a kind of pre-brief thing. And even um, even that part, that thing you just said is so important. The, the engaging your team part. Like that's a component of it. Like having, being willing to have a conversation where they have input and they subsequently have ownership and whatever decision is made as a result, because chief asked me how, like my opinion, it's like, yeah, that's a huge thing that like a lot of leaders don't leverage, at least not like regularly. Uh, And it's, it's an enormous component of it because like when you allow them to be part of the planning process or you allow their inputs to shape whatever the plan to attack this assignment is then yeah like they get a ton of buy-in and they feel heard and they feel valued and that's all yeah that's all a big component of it 
Absolutely. And then it helps you like, so back a little bit to, you know, frameworks, but, you know, understanding how they're feeling helps you mm. back to influence tactics, right? So, hey, maybe they need a little, you know, this isn't time to be coercive in your influence tag. This is right. time or, or shut the F up kind of leadership, yeah. right? Do as I say, maybe it's time to like, mm. all right, hey guys, I've been there. I know this sucks. Let's mm. get this done. Maybe it's a this for that. Hey, we're going to stay late now. I got you on the back end, right? Yeah. So I'm going to give you some time or, um, you know, just an inspirational appeal. Getting those mm. pizzas and those sodas is kind of an mm. inspirational appeal, like without yeah. saying anything like, Hey, right. I'm with you. I got you. And then just yep. your presence there, right. Um, is huge. So, mm. um, cause a part of that, it's, it's not just the working parties suck cause they're hard work and they're long hours. It's yeah. when they see their leadership who, by the way, eats the food and drinks all the yep. stuff that we're loading on, yep. there's that immediate yep. disconnect. So the power of yeah. the wardroom and the cheese mess coming together mm-hmm. for those events, right? All hands yeah. means all hands in the case of Navy. Um, that's how empathy, like, holy shit. Imagine how we could go. If we, you know, we know they're already feeling like, oh yeah, chiefs and officers are exempt from this, but what are you going to yeah. do about it? Right. So you could really adjust right. some things. So my, yeah, my um, supply officer, I had to try to kick her off the submarine. Like she would not leave until the food load was done. And she like, yeah. you know, like what's she really doing? I mean, she got to a point where like towards the end, she was trying to like help hump boxes and stuff, but yeah, it's like, cause she had all this other stuff she had to do. So she couldn't be there as much as I was, I was there, but she was always there. Yeah, she was always involved. So yeah, it, it meant a lot to those guys. Yeah, and then I think there's the point we brought it up. There's the emotion. There's the post event kind of empathy approach, right? So, mm-hmm. crap, we've done this. With, if you're a parent of kids, this happens all the time, right? You get pissed off at the heat of the moment. You just, mm-hmm. you know, frustrated, yeah. and you and you go at them, and then you calm down afterwards. And that's yeah. when you have to huddle and go, all right, hey, I know it went high and right, but yeah. I, you know, what I mean, just understand, you know, and you have a conversation. Yeah. Um, and I'm and he, guilty of that for yeah, sure. Yeah, we all like, are. I, We're I, all human. Yeah. I mean, I, I, everyone well, does it. I feel that I feel compelled to say it when we get to th- points like this, because I feel like there are listeners who think that I'm some like exemplar of leadership all the time. And it's like, I try to be, but like, yeah. there's for sure a bunch of times, especially like I had a really hard time dealing with deployments. Like I like managing my mood during deployments is probably a better way of saying it. Cause yeah. it's just like, I was miserable. I wasn't sleeping well. I had all these issues that I didn't, that were all like undiagnosed. And I did, I was just like pumping myself full of caffeine and willpower yeah. my way through it. And it's just like, yeah, I, I had a bunch of moments where I would do that and then I'd have to come back and be like, oh, dude, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't think a piece of it. Yeah. Nothing too to is, do with you, you know? I know, I but I'm telling you, if you're not human, if that doesn't happen, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. you are a bot if you don't yeah. <laughs> go through those kind of emotional <laughs> swings. Um, yeah. But I think there's a I, I've written about this before, right? What are the assumptions you have about people, right? So that kind of shifts it too, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of your assumption as your role as a leader. So just thinking through yeah. that. Um, all right, so let's jump on. Um, and we talked about this, so. So I like to always do, you know, the opposites too. So the opposite of mm. empathy would be stuff like disdain, indifference, apathy, yeah. like, um, and, and those things don't sound good or productive, right? Yeah. But is there a time like when indifference has a role in leadership? Um, uh, so this was a, my, like we talked a little before we recorded, this was like one of my favorite questions. Cause it's like, it gives me pause where I'm like, my first reaction is, I think 
something ad adjacent does. Like, I don't know if indifference is the best word, but like a detachment yeah. for sure. Like it's uh, like I go, I'm a big Jacko Willink extreme ownership fan. Um, and that he talks about uh, detachment it, and it's more like a, without it like without getting like tunnel vision because you're in it and you're doing it it's like being able to detach back up read the whole situation uh and and process all of that to make a better decision because there's things you're not going to see if you're not if you don't have the ability to kind of remove yourself from the situation back up a little bit really see what's going on and and I, for me i had issues like with i i would find myself with my foot in my mouth a lot like i would make assumptions that I based on my experience I knew what had happened and uh would start like reacting as if this assumed interpretation of an event was was true and then I would find out that it wasn't and like that I was missing a component of it and my reaction was unwarranted as a result right so I had to stop doing that and take the time to yeah. ask more questions and get the full context of the situation. And so I think it's, there's a, cause like set, like a sailor runs up to you out of breath and is like, chief, Oh my God, this just happened and we need you right now. And then you get down there with that in your mind, thinking that's exactly what happened. And then you find out that's not what happened. Um, this is that sailor taking that snapshot and thinking that they understand it without asking any questions as well. And so, it's easy to react that way because you just think you, you, you go in it to it with like an honest intention of dealing with the situation that you perceive to exist, but that's not real. Like that's not what happened. You got to stop and ask questions. And so I would say that moment of pause before you take action, that detachment uh, is really yeah. important. And then there probably is a component. And I, I would say it's probably, it probably falls under the umbrella almost of like professionalism in that there's a certain level of indifference towards, um, and in, again, I don't, I, indifference feels like a, the not quite the right shaped yeah. peg for the whole, you know, like, yeah, but like yeah. a, a degree of separation that needs to be maintained in order to have an effective, like leader follower relationship. Right. So we're not, operating in the gray area of fraternization and stuff like and that's that's a tough thing to manage when you are getting to a point where like the other night like so i i uh had a couple of guys when i was on jimmy carter they're they've long been out of the navy they're in their 30s now and they came over to the house like uh brought their wives like we had dinner and yeah drank awesome. and were merry right but i'm an old retired yeah. guy now and they've been out of the navy for a decade so it's like right it's we're friends now and and yeah. that's not weird to me because they meant so much to me it's like my kids are coming to visit you know like it's it's like yeah. we're having dinner at dad's house you know um oh. but also like it had i done that as their chief that would have been super on like on the wrong side of that line you know i yeah. can't do those types of things because at that moment i was their boss and i needed to be able to assert certain power bases and to get them to do the thing and to hold them accountable and all that kind of stuff. And with all that removed, I can have this type of a relationship where it's like, I love them. Like they're, they're important people to me, but it's like, it's, it's a, a separation that needs to be, be maintained because even though like I have love in my heart for every sailor I've ever led and it's, 
I can look at them and be like, man, that that person is really important to me without crossing. I But I need to like hold myself back from from the type of relationship I now have with those two sailors, you know, that yeah. are like because that that component of the relationship is removed where I'm no longer in charge of them. They no longer answer yeah. me. So, yeah, I, I think there's a place for something adjacent for sure. I don't I yeah. don't think indifference is a. And I'm focusing in on that one because I think disdain yeah. is obviously not, you know, like, oh, yeah, we don't I have, have disdain apathy. Yeah, I'm well, so like I have disdain for certain things, but it's not people, you know, like, right. So I guess yes. like it's a I, I definitely have like a, that those emotions in my repertoire, but it's for it's for um, like people harming my my the people yeah. I'm charged with leading or like yeah. uh, somebody doing something that that harms them or removes some type of um, need cool. or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's Introduces like the, barriers to performance. Yeah. So yeah, I think, but as far as the indifference goes, yeah, I think something adjacent okay. is definitely present, but you know. Okay. I think it's the risk of, like I said, you know what I mean? The people that can be more focused on results, um, process and yeah. things like, and, and don't have that people component built up as much. I think they could tend to focus more towards, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's deliberate indifference, but it could be like, Hey, we're just going to yeah. go down this road and get things done. Um, I think it's, you know, it's like a polarization kind of like how I went. I, I probably swung too far towards the like empathetic style. Oh my God, I fucking hate that word. The empathetic yeah. like <laughs> approach, but, uh, it's, and, and I know what you mean exactly like 1120s in, in the submarine force, like the, the nuclear uh, engineering style officers, a lot of them are very, very like process and procedure and yeah. spreadsheet screen and all that kind Cerebral, of stuff. And it, yeah. And, and they, they very much lack this approach and it doesn't work. And I think it's, yeah. I think, I think most people it's like either that or just just uh, general run of the mill leadership and confidence are the reasons why they don't have em empathy and emotional intelligence built into their leadership approach. And but I, I do think that like it's the biggest problem we have is that like yeah. those people that are very procedural and process based, it's like they're leaning way too hard in that direction because they think it's they think that's the whole thing. You know, because yeah. they've never been educated otherwise. And so, yep. um, and e even when it's not like they've never heard of emotional intelligence, they just think it's yep. like some touchy feely Brene Brown Netflix thing. And it's yeah. like, no, no, that's, that's yep. human relationships. And yeah, it's important. So back to the role, one of the roles of the chief, right? This is part, yeah. you know, training and educating your young officer that you're, you know, yeah. your divisional officer department head, right? That's a piece of this, right? Because you have years and years and years of I've been there, done that. Yep. They don't, they're making these decisions. They may come in, like you said, very cerebral or not. Mm -hmm. um, definitely with no kind of concept of what it takes to get things done. Right. So it's right. not just, Hey, here's how you do maintenance schedules and go get your warfare pin. It's like, right. Hey, let's talk about how to be a person who really relates to and understands people. Um, and the, I think one time where I could use indifference, right, is when I'm trying to mitigate some shit stir, right? The troublemaker who's trying to pull my strings yeah, in front of yeah. people, right? You've seen that, yeah, right? Yeah. They'll verbally push back. It's like, yeah, I'm not even going to acknowledge that, right? Kind of. Right. Yeah. You know, be, be, 
you know, that's like, fair. no, you're not going to yeah. get me to, I'm not going to hook into that. Right. That's a good, um, cause yeah, everyone's watching, I, you know, I had to develop that callus for, um, the dumb cook, uh, stereotype. And, and there were times that I chose to, to clap back, you know, like where yeah. it felt appropriate to defend myself. And I probably did that too much. Um, but yeah. I, it, I think I, I don't think I ever got great at it, but I definitely needed to learn there was a time and a place to uh, push back on those types of things. So yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a good, that's yeah. a really good example. And I'm of like, yeah. And it may be, Hey, I'm going to show indifference in front of the group, but I'm still going to circle back and go, Hey, yeah, I get your point, but you know what I mean? We have mm. that conversation about time yeah. and place and followership and things like that. Right. So, right. Um, um, yeah. And I, you know, there, I taught, I had to learn this. Like I was like, as command Mashi, if I remember, um, you know, you're in this situation where you're, you're trying to mitigate and be this, you know, the go between many things. Right. So, um, there was a frustration I had once, um, about, you know, why don't the chiefs, not, yeah, I was venting my CO cause mm-hmm. you, you do that. It's not just a CO mm-hmm. vending to you. Usually in those right. relationships, you're vending back and forth. Sure. And I don't understand how they don't know this. And he's like, Paul, they're not all you. Right. So that is a key mantra in my head of like, yeah, they're not all me. So so that kind of thinking forced me to go, okay, Hmm. The way I would do it is not the way everyone else would do it. You know? Yeah. Well, not only that, but like your ability to process information and understand it quickly or whatever, like it, it, the, the realization that, um, my context and experience is not everybody's context and experience yep. as obvious as that sounds. It's like, you really got to um, beat that into your, to your cognitive process when you're like, when you're trying to figure out these people and, and figure out what they need and what's going to motivate them to do the thing and, and what's going to help them develop in the best way possible. It's like, yeah, it's, it took me yep. a while to, uh, to really build that into my process and that whole, like, realizing everybody's different and everybody's going to be motivated yeah. differently. And so I can't treat them all the same, which is why leadership styles are BS. And so it's like, you like, you yeah. don't get to just approach it one way. Like you need to figure these people out and figure out what they need and then apply those leadership tools as needed situationally. And yeah, it's like, they're not me. Like, and, and yep. there are times where like I've had sailors, I'm a big, uh, like there's no such thing as a lost cause. Like if, if somebody yeah. washes out, it's, it's my leadership failure. So, yep. uh, that was very instructional for me of, of like, I, I pick things up quick and, and I process information quick and I can think on my feet and I can do a lot. Of, like I, I did well in school. Like I'm, I'm what you would yeah. call intelligent, I guess, but there are people that they're not dumb and they're not useless and they're definitely not hopeless but you have to like just crack the code, you know, like you have to figure yeah. out what do they know and what don't they know? Like, what is their context yeah. and experience? So where are the holes? Like, what are the things that are holding them back from uh, like responding to my leadership and doing the thing? And it's like, that's to me, that's like the highest form of like leadership responsibility of, of like, and, and it's like the, the stuff that I enjoy the most, honestly, is like, that challenge of like in, in a weird way, like those, those kids that everybody had written off as lost causes. I was just like, yes, yeah. like come to me, let me, yeah. let me do it. And I didn't always win, you know, like I've got some yeah. failures, but, uh, 
but yeah, it was like, I wanted to be the one that cracked the code in a, in a selfish kind of way, almost like, like, yeah, I, I definitely empathized and wanted to like help them succeed. And that was like the highest form of achievement was like, if I could turn somebody like that around, like, and have the success yep. story, which I got to do a few times. And it, it, I mean, those are some of the most rewarding things I've ever done, man. And like, yeah. I, I tell those stories often, like it's it, figuring out that they're not you is, is it cracks open this whole other like frontier of leadership that yes. a lot of people, I, I don't even think a lot of people ever get to. And it's so cool yeah. and so rewarding. Yeah. And in military circles, particularly where we define worth by uniform, this is where I'm like, yeah. no, the uniform doesn't develop, you know, define the person, the person defines right. the uniform. Right. Um, and then you can, again, so I got it. Our, you know, we're talking about heavily leading down, but mm. leading across with your peers and leading up. Right. So understanding they're not all you too. Yeah. So as you're quick to criticize, yeah. <laughs> um, but also like being able to ask questions like, Hey, if I was in their position, you know, what would I be thinking or feeling right, right. now? Or right. Um, that is a good yep. thing for any person at any point in their career to be thinking yeah. about. I was like, all right, again, look it up. Hey, yeah, my boss, my, my parent, my spouse yep. yeah, is yeah. pissed off, right? So yeah. um, why, what would they be thinking now? So I've seen a reaction. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh shit, something I said that I don't think yeah. is wrong has pissed someone off or, or, made them upset. Right. So yeah. what are they thinking? And if you don't know that should tee up an immediate follow-up engagement like, Hey, I'm sorry yeah. that I didn't ask. mean to approach yeah. you here. Ask like, and <laughs> ask you the will question. get the perspective. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then your perspective yeah. base will grow. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so I think those are good things to do. Um, I was going to ask that, but I think we'll go to, so let's talk about, we talked about attributes early on, but I want to kind of dial on a couple other ones. So, okay. um, so I think other things like active listening, humility, and authenticity, those are terms you kind of mm -hmm. hear throughout, definitely in the cheese smash, you hear this, oh, humble leaders. And, um, I've, I've heard a lot about authentic leaders. So how does that, you know, why are those so important? You said uh, active listening, something and authenticity. What humility. Yeah. Humility. Humility. Okay. Yep. Um, I, for me, it's the, it, it all like, I always have like one thing, like, so I talk a lot about like leadership development education. Like I trace all the problems back to deficiencies and leadership competence. So like yeah. for me, like the, the stuff like this, the, the importance that it has, like I pull the thread and I always arrive at trust. Like at, every time it's for me, if, if, your sailors don't trust you. They're not going to follow you. They like, it goes back to that belief that you have their best interests at heart and you care about them. And so like authenticity is a way of doing that, like a way of achieving it. Uh, and I think it's the best way of, of um, like instilling in a person that you ha actually do believe those things and have those feelings, right? Like I really do care about you and you really can trust me. And I really do have your best interests at heart. It's like the only way for me to, to, achieve trust is through like an authentic leadership interaction. And, and, and there's a lot of uh, like when you see the rampant leadership incompetence in the military, and I, I say it that way on purpose because I want it to feel cutting, uh, even though it's yeah. not a swipe, like it's not an insult. It's, it should, yeah. it should cut. It, like it, it cuts me when I say it. it hurts. It hurts me a yeah. little bit every time I say it. Yeah. But, 
the rampant leadership and competence that we have, um, what you what you find as a as like a coping mechanism uh, for the people who are in those positions, because ninety nine percent of the time, those people who are incompetent leaders, and, and again, not an insult, just a statement of, of status, really, is they do care, right? Like ninety nine percent of the time, those people genuinely care, and they they really do want you to trust them, and they really do have your best interests at heart. They just don't have the tools to communicate that and to achieve the trust that they need from you in order to motivate you to do the thing. And then a lot of times the relationship between the two based on a lack of trust deteriorates. And so then they, they think of you as an adversary and then maybe you think of them as an adversary. Cause that like over time, that leadership and competence festers and you have chiefs that start to develop this adversarial relationship with junior sailors where they're viewed as like the other team or like the enemy. Almost. Yeah. When, and you get into these weird interactions where it's like you got chiefs blaming the junior sailors for sucking. And it's like, it, that's your job, dude. Like you need yeah. to get them to respond. That's your whole job. And so I think trust is just like the most important thing. And the way that you achieve that is through authenticity. I think you could build uh, humility into that as like a component of uh, authenticity. Yeah. But yeah, it's you can't you're not going to achieve trust without authenticity and that authenticity can present itself in, in many ways, right? Like going back to the wildly varying like types of leaders that we have, uh, this guy, Paul, uh, ironically, like his name was Paul. Um, he was a missile tech senior chief on my last submarine. And this dude, um, very unquiet, unassuming dude, uh, not like, and I don't want to just in case he ever listens to this, like I love Paul to death. He's a great dude. Yeah. Not like he's, he doesn't look the part. He doesn't sound the part, you know, like he's not. Yeah. Um, like I had a CMC named Gabe uh, that, I mean, looked like a superhero. Like he was a, a CrossFit athlete, just looks yeah. like a, a live action Buzz Lightyear. Just like he just looks <laughs> the part, you know what I mean? And he sounds it deep, booming voice, very articulate, great leader. Uh, mentor to this day. I love that dude. Paul was on the polar opposite of that spectrum. He was like a little soft around the middle going bald, yeah. like just didn't look the part. Didn't not a, not a great speaker, even when he would get in front of a group. So we'd be at like quarters on the pier or something. He would, um, he sounded nervous all the time. Like he, yeah. uh, would stutter a little bit maybe, but his people would follow him through the gates of hell. Like he was yeah. such a great leader. They loved him. And they knew that if that if he thought it was in their best interest, he would lay down in traffic for them. And so it was like yeah. to watch a dude like that achieve that level of like uh, reverence with his people. It was just like it was impressive to watch. And it illuminates that point to me a lot of like, he just was authentically himself. Like he wasn't trying yeah. to be Gabe or me, right? Like he was just yeah. being himself and all he cared about was taking care of his people. And the way in which he communicated that authenticity was just being himself and just like taking any action that, that, uh, communicates through the, through action. And that's the important part of it that you yeah. genuinely care about them is going to communicate. It's going to make them feel like you care about them. And that's going to, that creates an environment where trust can grow. And so it's like, you don't need to look the part. You don't need to sound the part. You don't need to 
be what people would call a transformational leader in the in the traditional sense where you're envisioning like this Tony Robbins figure on stage or Jocko Willink or yeah. whatever. It's yeah. you can you can be exactly who you are and be an authentic leader who can who can very effectively communicate to his people that they can trust you and that you have their best interests at heart and that you care yeah. about them. And I, to me, that's what uh, like authenticity is all about is building trust for sure. Absolutely. Cool. All right, man. So I think, uh, I think we'll wrap it. We've been, I think we talked right. through a lot of stuff here. There's a lot to, for people to unpack yeah. as they're listening. So, yeah, um, for sure. Any, man. Kind of final, is... any final thoughts or um, recommendations? I, I, just the, the, like, I think emotional intelligence, like it, that's the thing that's missing a lot. Um, it, it's, and it's a weird one because it's like, I want to say it's an advanced leadership competence that, uh, comes after a lot of more fundamental things. But at the same time, I yeah. think it's foundational in, in a weird way. Like I, I almost want you to build your all of your leadership tools on top of emotional intelligence so that it is woven into everything. So it's this weird like circular logic that I have about it where I, I feel like like it's always a good thing to build it in. And I think you can have a revelation if you take the time to study this where maybe you do have a bunch of the 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 tools and you're great at, at process improvement and managing like the production side of things. Um, but you haven't like, you haven't achieved an, an emotional intelligence competence. And when you do, you can then apply like retroactively apply it to all those things. So I think that's kind of like why the circular logic works is like, yeah, you can retroactively yeah. apply it and, and start to view everything through that lens uh, after the fact, but I think it's it's also a very good thing to take the time to understand these things prior to becoming a leader. Even um, it, it'll yeah. make you a better follower. It'll make you your leadership action yeah. interactions a lot more productive because you'll start to understand what your what your leader is doing and why. And even even if that leader is incompetent, you know, like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have a lot more uh, like empathy but like like sympathy and yeah. empathy for your for your leader who is uh struggling with leadership competence and it, it it hopefully will help stave off some of that adversarial uh tension yeah. that can develop and so i think that um everybody's exploration of emotional intelligence uh is really important and uh yeah one of my favorite resources is Brene Brown um and, and if you're not into books and stuff like she's got some stuff on Netflix she's got a podcast so there's there's a TED yeah. talk that's that is kind of how she blew up on uh I mean she probably has more than one by now but on yeah. YouTube and so yeah it's a great resource to start to understand a lot of this stuff cuz it's 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 so important and I think a lot of people shy away from it as like touchy feely or like yeah. You know, and it's like the it's such it's such a fundamental misunderstanding of just people uh, by by yep. thinking about it that way and kind of being turned off by it because it's yeah. the touchy feely side of leadership. It's like okay, like you can feel that way, but that's why your leadership is yeah. effective. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, would say like if you're not doing it, if you're hesitant or you think it's touchy feely, like hey, 
it doesn't mean you need to go around hugging everybody, but just right. try it, right? right? Open it up, try some of the things we've offered. And I guarantee, right? If you yeah. if you don't have empathy, you'll know the results. But if you yeah. do, yeah. um, you're going to start to see change in your people and teams. So, and a, um, a small amount, like you were like, you, you mentioned like you're, it's not your hardwiring, right? Where it's like, I probably, yeah. I, I probably am more, I, I leaned towards that already just because of how I was raised and my personality yeah. and stuff. But even a small amount built, like if you're like, let's say you're devoid of it somehow, like you're a robot, right? If you're a yeah. 10% increase is going to be a market improvement in your leadership overall, like your leadership yeah. efficacy. So it's like, it's not you're like you said, you don't need to be going around hugging everybody. Like just nope. like, you don't need to do it, do it the way that I did where I leaned more into it. Because I yeah. just felt like it was the right way to do things. But yeah. part of it is that's my personality. Like I have a hard time not being a hugger. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. yeah. I want to just okay. like, yeah. And so, but a, yeah. you don't need to be that. You can be the opposite end of the spectrum as me. As long as you have some of it, it's going to make you a yes. wildly more efficient leader. Awesome. All right. Well, well, thanks again. It's great seeing you. Uh, and just yeah. for, yeah. for my listeners kind of where can they find your stuff? Cause I know you're building out in the video space now you got, so what's yeah, going on? I mean, we're both going to publish this so they'll see it there too, but yeah, so I'm, yeah. uh, you can find us at dspodcast.com. uh, anywhere you get podcasts, you search don't give up shit podcast, but then we're, yeah, we're on YouTube now. I'm putting, I, I'm, I was struggling for a while with my video setup and video learning how to edit videos efficiently. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to catch back up. I I've been the last two episodes. I've gotten the YouTube video up approximately Good. when the podcast publishes. So yes. I've got some back, some like four, I think, I think four videos that I still need to edit from before and get okay. up. But yeah, they're up on, on uh, YouTube now. Uh, we're on Patreon. We're on uh, discord talking and like doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we're all over the place. Um, but yeah, the, awesome. those are the primary ways to find us. Okay. So. And I'll put that in the episode description too. So, but yeah, uh, yeah know, keep man. up the great yeah. work. The advocacy, I mean, again, like we talked about, right? Um, yeah, at some point we're not going to be able to do this. So we're just inspiring other people to <laughs> yeah. come behind and continue these conversations. Um, for sure. I think it's really important. So thanks again for your time. It's been great to see you. Ditto. Yeah, it was good talking, man. This was fun. It's been a while. <laughs> All right. I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, I Again, like it's always so much fun talking to Paul and, and just like he's one of the f- few people I think that like he keeps up with me and he like pushes me and and we have different views on some things so like well, it's fun to like have a uh like a lighthearted debate about some of this stuff and um but we do agree on a lot as well and and he brings up new ideas and is willing to go down the rabbit hole with me and it has just as much fun doing it so uh it's always it's always great talking to Paul um and uh, yeah, if you, if you haven't already go check, check out his podcast, cutlass podcast. Uh, it's, it's awesome. He talks to a lot of really cool people. Um, it's shorter than mine. Don't worry. Like he, he usually aims for around 30, 40 minutes, uh, for his podcast so that they're much more digestible. Uh, and yeah, uh, just great dude. Uh, always fun to have him on. Um, as always, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up ship podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram, Reddit, or discord at D podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go to D There's a donate button on the website. 
Uh, you can also click the shop button or just go to dgetsapparel.com. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We got stickers, coins, all the things are there. Uh, and then the probably the best way to support us is patreon.com slash podcast. We have five tiers. Whichever one fits you, just pick one. I don't care. <laughs> like I'm just happy that people are willing to support. Uh, and it helps us pay the bills and expand the platform. So if you if you can and you're willing, please go to patreon.com slash podcast and become a patron today uh and then uh yeah if you you know if you can't or don't aren't quite willing if i haven't got to you yet uh to spend the money i understand uh it is what it is um we're just happy you're here so if you want to support us in in a non-monetary way uh just share the content like the content review us uh subscribe to the youtube channel share the videos share the podcast uh tag your friends whatever whatever's easiest um it's it all it all helps it all supports us and so we really appreciate your willingness to do anything to support us including just listening uh and that's it that's what i got for you today thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship hey shout out to our level five patrons victoria living good and william mckiver we really appreciate you all our other patrons you're enabling us to do this thing and your support means everything thank you so much Mm -hmm.